is Friday. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Friday stream. Cheesy, what are we listening to? Special today. Um, that is actually uh, one of the new bands that I've uh, picked up recently. The Atomicos is the name of the band. They're from Alberta. There's a special occasion, too, that we're celebrating with this music. Absolutely. Tomorrow is International Surf Day. And June, the whole month of June is surf month, so. There you go. Happy surf month. I don't surf because I'd, I'd break my face on the water, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't surf. I don't, I don't surf. Angela, do you surf? No. No. I wouldn't think so. I, although I wouldn't mind trying snowboarding again sometime. What about you, Wes? You surprise us sometimes. Are you a, snor- a snowboarder or a surfer? Uh, I, I prefer skiing myself, although snowboarding is fun. And uh, not, I've tried surfing and embarrassed myself only a little bit, but I do really enjoy paddleboarding. Nice. Really? Oh, yeah. It's a great, especially in the Pacific Northwest. You don't need a bunch of waves. You can just get a, you know, a nice calm body of water and have yourself a good day. You could do like what uh, my lady does and go out and do a few uh, random dances in public. Hey, lady. Hey, lady. Hey, Hadia's here. That's my wife. That's true. I am here. Happy Friday. Hey, thanks. You just made it in from a busy day, which we'll get to some of that in a little bit. But it's nice to have you here. We have so much to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. What a week. What a week. What a week. I, I feel like we should start, though, with something that Angela did recently that kind of inspired me to at least start a process that's probably going to lead to me burning down the entire junkyard in my RV. What? We'll get to that, too. So it's good to have you back, Angela. It's been a bit. Yeah, yeah. Now... I got, while I was, I think I was actually in Texas while you're doing this, but I I got wind that uh, you uh, decided that the best way to take care of um, a weed problem would be to burn everything down. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I saw saw this picture you posted, I had a flashback to 10-year-old me. Imagine this. I'm literally Dylan's age. And my stepfather hands me a 20-pound propane tank. And a torch with like a 20-foot cord, or maybe it was probably 12 feet, really, because I'm, you know, I was young. I was like, go out there and uh, burn up the yard. <laughs> he lights the thing on fire for me, hands me the torch and says, don't come back inside until the yard's all cleaned up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and uh, I completely had forgotten about this until I saw this picture where, that Ange had posted. Uh, first of all, how did you figure out you could take a torch to your uh, yard? And then did you hire somebody? I want to I know the whole thing. Okay, well, so as you know, when we bought this house, uh, the west side of the property, which spans 160 feet, was not, uh, there was no retaining wall put in. So the entire length of it, the front yard and the backyard and along the driveway, is sloped. And the driveway was poured, and they just left it kind of at a slope there. And they put rocks at like the first 20 feet or so, but they all slid down that hill and then just weeds grew. And I, I literally, I don't like the idea of mowing my driveway <laughs> and it's not even grass either. And I'm allergic to basically, you know, anything that's growing on the side there. So um, I had asked my neighbor, what, what would you do if you had my yard? Cause he manicures his yard like crazy. And then I'm like, wait, let me back up. Like, that's a good question. That's a really good. Hey, I like what you do with your yard. What would you do if you had my yard? That's 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 a good question. Let's see, what made you think to ask it like that? Um, because I'm sure he looks at it and just uh, you know rolls his eyes, you know, <laughs> judgment. And <laughs> he stands up in his bedroom window looking at your yard, going, "If she would just do this, right, right." So, and just to let him know, like, hey, I don't like it either, <laughs> you know. But so uh, since I don't have a yard guy right now, uh, I just. I keep looking at it so ugly. And so he had just dug out his backyard to install a hot tub. (laughs) Of course. I know. Can you see down into the hot tub? No, because the privacy bushes have grown like four feet over the fence. Thank God. Privacy bushes covering their bushes. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. But um, but anyway, so he had all this extra dirt. And I'm like, hey, you know, if I pull these weeds, can you pour some of that extra dirt that you have that he's trying to get rid of? Um. So that, because, you know, even though they, it was level at some point, but over time, the sediment has rolled down the hill and it's rained or whatever. It's like a six inch drop from the concrete to the ground that's then sloping down. Um, so I asked him if he could start pouring in the the dirt and he's like, yeah, you know, go, go pull the weeds and, and I'll do that. Wait, wait, go pull the weeds. He's telling you what to do now? Oh, I suggested that I would do that. Okay. If I pull the All weeds, right. can, can you pour your dirt over here? And so then, uh, 
the next day he knocked on my door and he's like, Hey, I have a better idea. <laughs> and the guy loves burning. So he did that exact, <laughs> no joke. His wife came out <laughs> and she's like, this, he's in his element. He likes, you know, catching things on fire. So yeah. So he went through and he burned uh, most of the driveway, not all of it. And then also, did you just do a fire effect? Yeah. Yeah. I got a torch. I'm like, did I just hit something and there's like bad sound on the line? Anyway, and then he also uh, burned like uh, the front steps and um, like the cracks in the driveway so that the weeds stopped growing there too. So I think, I think this is something I'm going to do. So I ordered me a torch uh, because I was like, oh yeah, I've done this. If I did this as a child, I can definitely do this as an adult. And now that we have running water at the junkyard. like Yeah, a, definitely like don't a, do it without running water. Right. You know, I got a hose now, like a gentleman. So I figured I could get this torch. I'd, I'd, uh, so I ordered it when, when uh, you started talking about it. I was like, I, I could do this. And uh, we have this massive runaway blackberry bush problem. Oh, yeah. These blackberry bushes in the Pacific Northwest. I'm not like a big tinfoil hat conspiracy guy. But uh, if somebody came to me with like a conspiracy theory that they were brought here from another planet that exploded and then the asteroid from that planet smashed into the Pacific Northwest and spread the blackberry bush and it's actually an alien from another world that's an invasive species trying to take over our land. I could buy into that. That's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> no, no, I mean not when you when you deal with these when you deal with these bushes you realize they're an organism onto their own. They're bastards. So I figured you know what I should do is burn them all down because what they do is they invade the neighbor's yard and then the neighbors invade our yard. Yeah. With their requests. Here's something to keep in mind, though. When I worked at a medical supply company, the field just across the street that was just grass, it it burned down, or not burned down, it burned. And within a week, there was luscious growth coming out of it because the burnt stuff, it does, it like replenishes the nutrients in a different way. So um, you have to have a follow-up plan for it. Obviously, if your blackberry bushes are out of control, it'll, you know, stop that. But they could just come right back. So Cement. my plan, yeah, that's one. <laughs> my plan is to put down um, weed stopper and order some rocks and um, put rocks all the way down the portion that has been burned. Do you mean like the, the like the plastic or the canvasy stuff to put down to block the weeds? Yeah, they have like it's really stupid. They have different years, you know. So like, there's like a ten year one. There's a five year one. Why? Why anybody? Like it must be based on like the how woven it is or something, but. I would go with the longest as possible, you know, possible. I'm not a fan of uh, like weed killing chemicals. So I'd rather do the weed stopper fabric with some rocks. So if anybody has some tips before I burn a leg off or if wants to tell me what to get on Amazon, I want recommendations because I'm going to go, I'm going to go for it. I've been inspired by Angela's photos. So now what about like the dead stuff left behind? Does that just kind of wash away? Uh, there's, there is no dead stuff. Like uh, the only place where there is like, Dead stuff is the moss from the front steps because it burnt and then like fell down. Now, do you do you think we could use this um, with the sous vide too? I mean, now that you've got this <laughs> big powerful torch, I don't know. Jeez, Wes, I really think you've you've honed in on something here, right? We we make a nice piece of meat in the sous vide and then we finish it off with a torch, and then for dessert, creme brulee. <laughs> so Wes, I've got right here in my uh, hot little hands. I've got I've got I've got a couple of packages. And I want to see if you can guess what this is. If you can guess what could be in this. Now, I'm going to describe. Actually, Hadia, will you do me a favor? You want me to describe your package? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I'm not really sure. <laughs> First of all, let's start with the bush. Are you going to bring it to me or do you want me to yeah, come to you? No, I, well, it's Are probably, you going to throw it? Well, I don't think I should throw it. Be gentle now. I don't want to say why I shouldn't throw it because that might give away what it is. You know what I mean? All so, right. Yeah, I believe in you. You can come to me. All right. Bring, bring your package here. Oh, uh, it has a smell to it, honey. <laughs> I was rushed. What can I say? It was it was a rush job. Well, I'll start by saying it's 1.8 pounds. All right. There you go, Wes. That's, that's a pretty big hint. Hmm. And uh, it's in a rectangular box. Rectangular, I can feel through the package. It's not ball-like, as you might expect. Yeah, uh, yeah, right, with re rectangles aren't often. It is more rectangular. <laughs> what's the what's the sort of height on it? Uh, I would say I would say it's about the size of a book that's bigger than it should be. Like a fancy hardcover book. 
like a fancy hardcover book and, and thick like an Oxford dictionary that, you know, nobody buys anymore. Oh, you you're opening it. Well, don't you want me to open it? Yeah, go ahead. I want, okay, Wes. It's, it's, still, it's a box within a package. Oh, you're right. It's still in a box. Oh, wow. Look at that. Okay, I can look at all the symbols on the end, and this is what I know. It, uh, you're supposed to keep it upright, which I'm probably not. Uh, something about magnets. Um, it's fragile. Um, you don't want to rain on it. So, uh, And then it's recyclable, but that could be the box. I don't really know. <laughs> so, Wes, what do you think? That's a lot of hints now. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah it really is. Hmm. See, I was gonna suspect that it was a new HomePod, but that doesn't that doesn't fit the shape. And I mean, so fragile. I was gonna think like some sort of maybe like a piece of audio gear for the studio, or some sort of you know fancy new toy for you. I am I am honestly stumped. It's got to be something to do with magnets, right? Like electronics. Hmm. That's what I guess. All right, Hadid, do you want to give them some more hints? Uh, for a better environment, this container was not bleached white. I think you should open it and then tell them what's on the inside. I think I know what it is. Oh, okay. All right. Anja, do you want to go for the steel? Maybe. Is it a Galileo thermometer? No, I don't know. No. What is a Galileo thermometer? I, I want one, whatever it is. Oh, you know what's great about this, honey? What's that? Is that I have no fucking idea what this is. <laughs> <laughs> How would you describe the packaging? Um, Specific? Intentional. And it's like it's like really holding it in place in the box. There's no peanuts in here. It's a, uh, you know, it's a the actual item is much smaller than the box because you had to put stuff in the box to keep the yeah. item in place. Yeah, the item is smaller than the box. Uh, did you finally get a KVM switch for the studio? Oh no, I did not. That would be good. That would be good. Okay, and it's not the Eero that you asked me to add to the Monday meeting, right? Oh no, that's part of it. <laughs> That's not quite it. That's not quite it, though. Okay, La- Wes, one last guess for all the points. Ooh, okay, so it's not the Euro. It says 3.0 on it. Does that help? 3.0 TB. Ooh, a new hard drive. You write the very intentional packaging. Should have given it away. That, and you do know that I just ordered a new hard drive for the FreeNAS server. <laughs> So you knew that was coming. It just came really fast because I ordered it like last night. Wow. So it just it showed up here. I also, but you were right. We also got the new wi- Wi-Fi system that's going in. So this uh, week, the studio is going to get some cool fixes and we're going to replace our Wi-Fi system and it's going to be a good like hardware. So either the stream's going to be doing better than ever or totally broken. Yeah, right. Yeah. The thing that I think it's going to be the most breaky about it is we got to re-IP a lot of stuff. Okay. But did you click the link for the Galileo? thermometer. Oh, no. Is that in the chat room? Yep. No, I, I guarantee you're going to buy one oh, as yeah? soon as you see it. Really? Oh, geez. Don't click it. Oh, come on. What if, it's, what if it's cool? It'll be in the show notes, too. Oh, my dad used to have these. Wow. I can't believe it's only... Tw- oh, shit. I know, right? It's affordable. <laughs> you know what? That's his That's his Father's Day gift right there. Oh. That's his father. You just you just figured out my dad's... You just figured out my... We, we will put a link to that. So this is one of those thermometers that uses um, different floated uh, floating um, oils and or whatever and whatever the different weights are. Ah, oh, geez, I'm describing it. Is horribly. it like a barometer? It, no, it also has a barometer. the The little Earth looking one is the barometer the, or a glass globe barometer, and then the thermometer is the left. It's really neat. Yeah, the uh, isn't that cool? Cylindrical thermo- thermometer and barometer set inspired by Galileo, Galileo's instruments. It interprets temperature and weather. And it's eight inches long. Well, there you go. And eight inches high. <laughs> I think it's really beautiful, too. So check check out the link in the yeah, show notes. It goes great in a windowsill. I bet. So, um, wow. Wow, I can't believe we just solved... Uh, th- I did not intend for us for us to solve Father's Day for me in the show. That's pretty fantastic. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, replacing the Wi-Fi system here because it has been an issue forever. We just have... And it was actually... Just as we started doing more stuff that's on the network, and I realized more and more devices are using Wi-Fi, and if the Wi-Fi is not rock solid, it actually is beginning to impact production. Um, Wi-Fi has just sort of become critical. When we originally moved into the studio, um, we invested in putting lots of Ethernet, four Ethernet jacks in just about every room at least, in some rooms like the studio room, uh, more than that. Um, as well as even Ethernet jacks, two of them in the garage, <laughs> uh, because I, you know I was I'm a big believer in production. Use Ethernet whenever possible, but I just can't seem to escape the fact that a lot of devices are using Wi-Fi now. This will be Wes's uh, first experience with the Eero system, which is just bought by Amazon. Yeah, that's right. Were you hoping I'd go uh, with like a Unify 
system. I mean, I mean, whatever works. It does. Mm, there are some non-traditional aspects about the Eero, but playing with it, seeing you give me a little demo, it is also. I mean, it's pretty polished and honestly, like our outside needs. You know, we mostly push stuff out of the studio, so I think it's it's more than sufficient. So as long as it has good uptime, fast service, low latency, it works for me. Well, we have a lot to cover uh, on this week's installment of Starship Domestica. That's why my wife Adia is here. It's a special episode. My ex-wife and my current wife. We'll see. Maybe maybe you can join my future wife, too, Hedy, in the future. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, this, this episode of uh, Starship Domestica is a pretty important one. Hadia just got back from D.C., which we'll talk about here in just a second. But in the ongoing saga of looking to see if we can purchase the junkyard, there's a couple of what I would call logistical matters that need to be ad- ad- addressed. The junkyard, which is really just a storage yard, is filled with things for a, a large construction business in the Pacific Northwest. And therefore covered in blackberry bushes. That's true. That is a problem. And uh, the barn itself is packed full of lots of different important things that have to go if the business is going to move on from the junkyard. And so uh, Hadia has been working with them to try to go through and inventory some of that. So for one day and one day only, we thought, let's bring in a bunch of barn animals and go do inventory. Because that'd be fun. The air is so still, it's as if it's never cycled out. From the days when a family in the 50s lived here, you swear you can smell the perfume of the woman trapped in the kitchen. You can smell her disappointment. Where is this going? Her sweat. Where is this going? (laughs) Her tears rain down upon the floor. Wow. The stove top, the front... No, Why did the top-loading dishwasher. This is no good. <laughs> <laughs> this is as good as it gets. There's a lot of junk in here. We're uh, we're taking inventory. Situation report: We're inside the barn. In the junkyard, there's a barn, a large barn, very large barn, like very large barn. And inside that very large barn is a bunch of very large pieces of equipment and construction things that you're in charge of getting rid of. I am now in charge of getting rid of. Yeah. It's great because I know nothing about this stuff. Mm, well, so, I know this is yeah. granite. That's yeah. like, that's 48 thing. full 8 by 2 slabs of granite. That's a lot of granite. Yeah. They don't even need any of this granite. Mm-mm. Boy, if listeners are in the construction business out there, or knows anybody that's in the construction I business I don't think area, anybody's going to come no. over here unless they're in the area to grab 48 <laughs> slabs of granite. I'm just saying, it's a good deal. There's a lot of other stuff in here, too. Wiring. Yep. I don't think you should take it for granted. A lot of rats. Let's not give out the address. We're going to be robbed in the middle of the night. That's of true. course, if you want to rob the granite, we'd love to sit there and watch you try because it is heavy. Well, we do have all of those automated turrets in here. So that'd be a really... Oh, yeah. yeah and then know. the cameras. Right. And, and of course, the 24-7 security team. You mean the dog? Yeah. And the 1950s smell. That's really what's keeping people out, I think. And, of course, we've done the home alone you know, booby trapping thing. Right. Yeah. With all of the boxes of nails. Pretty proud of the nails. Pretty proud of the pretty, nails. Pretty proud. Oh, Levi's going upstairs. Oh, be careful of the traps, Levi. <laughs> was that your Levi? That was my Levi stepping on a nail. Oh. That was not a good one. <clears throat> He's poking his head in here like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, I don't know why we brought all the barn animals. Um, how are you going to go through and sell all this stuff when you don't know what any of it is? Um, I'm going to trust in humanity and I'm going to invite in construction companies that I know and think I like and ask them if they want any of this shit. So why do we have to bring the barn animals in? Um, that was your doing and I don't really know. Babe, you're supposed to say it's, it's because they live here. Remember? I mean, I spent all this money on these animals. Why are you messing it up for the show? Spent a lot of money. It's like a thousand dollars to rent all these animals. Yeah, uh, Levi's going to kill that chicken. <laughs> he did chase a neighbor's chicken. Did yeah, it, does a, that is an issue. Yeah, yeah that is that is actually a, an issue. He's a chicken chaser. Uh, we don't actually really have a big update other than now we're just kind of going through. And I'm trying to keep the blackberry bushes from taking over the yard because I feel some sort of weird sense of ownership now. And Hadia's trying to go through and get rid of a whole bunch of junk that's in there that isn't junk to some companies. Mm-mm. There's legitimately thousands and thousands of dollars worth of stuff in there. And that's just one of like five. I mean, my stepmom's like, your dad's got like 12 pieces of property like this. I'm like, my dad only mentioned three. But then again, he didn't know half the shit was in there. So, yeah. 
Yeah. There's so stuff. are you guys just polishing this place up so that the neighbor guy can buy it? Oh, nice. savage! Savage! You should hear the way I sort of casually shut them down from buying the barn. Give him the line. Give him the line you gave him. Oh, oh, oh! Well, I, I just told her that uh, that she could have it if we didn't buy it. Yeah, I don't think that's. I don't think that's going to dissuade them. No, no. But, but here's the thing: is I invited them in, and I showed them, and I told them what we were going to do, and and so I just, I, I basically told her our plan to make it. She'd be sounded like they'd be stealing our dreams. Yeah, the kids are so excited; they can't wait. They'd be devastated not to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to play the guilt angle, the emotional card. I like it. And then I was like, "Oh, and I know you guys remember when you guys were talking about like buying the barn? Oh my god, that's so funny that we're going to get it, but at least we'll stay close to each other, right? The kids would be so devastated not to have this space. Yeah. But hey, if we don't get it, you guys can totally buy it. But like, like, don't even bother putting an offer in. Don't do it. They're nice people. So you just got back from Washington, D.C. I missed you. We haven't talked about it very much, but uh, you went down there. You did a red carpet event. It wasn't really down, but yes, I went over. That's true. It's not. You're right. It's it's a cross, really. Uh, cross, and, cross and down a little bit um, to launch your new book, which is, we'll have a link in the show notes for people. Oh, thanks. That's great. Help My Teen Has Diabetes, the resource for frustrated parents. Yes. So... As someone who's uh, grown up her whole life with uh, type 1 diabetes and a bit of an interesting sort of past with it, I guess this sort of was the perfect book for you to write. Yeah, I thought I was going to write a book for overwhelmed women in transition, and it turned out I wrote a book for overwhelmed women in transition who happen to have teens who are diabetic. I had a really tough time when I was a teen, not because I didn't know what to do, but it turns out that knowing what to do for a medical condition does not mean that you're capable of solving it, especially when you're a teen. Because there's so much emotional stuff going on and so much self-identity stuff butting heads with it that as a teen, you're, I mean, your priorities are really just to be liked and to feel safe and taking care of your physical body. As much as you may understand that that should be a priority, it doesn't make priority. Now, for a parent, you look at your kid and go, guess what? Keeping you alive is definitely a priority. But diabetes mostly is not a life-threatening illness anymore. It's a chronic illness. It can be life-threatening. But since the invention of insulin, it's not really life-threatening. It's a chronic illness. So we need to sort of adjust how we handle it. And if you're having difficulty, as many of these parents are, getting their teens and their preteens and even the younger kids to go along with a program of you know, avoiding sugar and exercising and being careful about how they live their life. If you want to inspire them to do that, you you just really have to get clear about where they are and what their priorities are and what your priorities are. And you just have to keep coming back to square one. Where are you now? What are you capable of doing? So when you say transition, do you mean transition into coping with something? Because I think when, when you say transition, that can mean a lot of things. So is it all kinds of transition? Not uh, necessarily like... Sex transition, not necessarily person transition. You said women in transition, and that, oh, yeah. that gives so, an indication of something else. Oh, so originally I thought women who are evolving. So usually when you hit 30s, 40s, 50s, and you're like, oh, I have another intention for what I want to do with my life. That's what I originally thought, because that's the work I do in my acupuncture practice. I primarily work with women who are dealing with stress and anxiety and depression and fatigue and chronic illnesses as they're trying to reinvent themselves. But that's not a niche enough market, and I don't. I don't have enough wisdom there or practice there to build a coaching practice out of that. But I do have a lot of insight on both being a diabetic and being um, being a parent at this point, like how you interact with kids uh, and having that experience of having been a kid with a chronic illness who was too stubborn to listen to my parents. And I can tell you exactly what my mother could have said to me that would have put down my defenses and made me listen and made me try. Mm. These parents don't have that wisdom because they haven't been there before, but it doesn't have to be hard. So that's the whole point of the book is to make this easier on the parents and ultimately way less scary for the kids. So I've been watching you go through the process of writing a book now for a while, which has been really interesting. And it's been good to have a team around you who knows how to do it. So that's helped a lot. Um, but this last push has been like a big part of it's been like get a get a cover design, get it up on Amazon. So it's available um, for like eight bucks right now, right? Yeah, seven ninety nine um, in Kindle format. 
And if you have Kindle Unlimited, I think you can also get yeah, it. Yeah, it's totally free. So how has that gone? Like that, like now that final phase, getting up on Amazon, like getting in the reviews. It's like great. How, I've got all it? five-star reviews. I've really? got f- almost 500 downloads. And when we did the book launch, I, I launched it to the diabetic. Thank you. I'm a best-selling author. Holy shit, I'm a best-selling author on Amazon. <laughs> and I swear to God, if I were to take an Advil PM tonight, like take two Advil PMs and pass out, I could wake up tomorrow morning and think this was all a dream because I've done all of this, this since January 15th. So it, I've just, I've, I've knocked out all of this. So it almost feels like it, it might not be real, but yeah. it is in fact real. Some of it while we were on the road. All the entire writing process was on the road. In the RV. In the RV, in Walmart parking lots, outside Linux Academy, yeah. um, at uh, Summer Moon Coffee, whichever one of your listeners gave you that summer moon coffee that is so flipping good from Keller, Texas. Yep. Thank you. Because yeah. I got there and now it's my favorite coffee shop that I only get to visit occasionally. That place is amazing. Yeah. Isn't that great? I mean, it's the, and all written on Linux. That's true. All yeah. written on Linux. Yeah. So that's pretty neat. My editor was like, what the <laughs> heck? I'm like, I am going to try and jump through hoops so you can get a copy of this, but uh, I make no promises. One of these days we should do like a thing on like diabetes technology. Yeah, except except you know what? I'm not versed in it. No, you say I, that, but then you have all these opinions about continuous monitoring. Well, that's and, true. I got opinions, but hey, I am mature enough to know that opinions do not equal knowledge. <laughs> no, that's true. No, no, but I I, I know I know what we could stick to. Um, well, congratulations. Book Thank will you. be in the show notes. But uh, while you were in DC, as you do, of course, as you were, I do. you weren't just there for the book launch. No. What are you, you, you're kind of known now for something on this show. Yes. That's flash mobs. Mm-hmm. Which is, <laughs> that's kind of a funny thing uh-huh. to be known for. Uh, and so while you were in D.C. I organized a flash mob. Tell me how it went. It went way better than I expected. Oh, my gosh. Got a little audio of it here. Describe the scene to me. I'm, oh, my gosh. The song is actually playing in the background. So we're, this is in Georgetown in D.C., right on the water, right on the Potomac River. Um, and there's a couple of outdoor bars. It's next to a whole bunch of big fountains and stuff. And so we're doing Uptown Funk. And we're doing a little bit of choreography to it, thank, thanks to a fellow author of mine, J.J. Kelly, who wrote a book called Holy Shit, My Kid is Cutting for parents of kids Whoa. who cut. And it's wow. a good book. She's a psychotherapist. She's freaking amazing. But she also happens to have been doing hip-hop choreography for like 20 years and she's sitting next to me at the book launch like all the classes and and whatnot and and event and she's like hey do you want some choreography for that i'm like yes i do because i was just going to do like the carlton and then the elaine and then the kramer like i got no flipping idea what i'm doing (laughs) but i do it anyway that's what you do at these flash mobs is the elaine and the kramer (laughs) because the sillier you are the more permission here we are again you give to other people to just let loose but she was willing to do the choreography i'm like thank goodness. So with that, I got like 10, 15 other people on board. And a half hour before we did the flash mob, we went to the rooftop of my publisher's building. Um, They had like a rooftop terrace up there. And we did choreography, 83 degrees out, stupid humidity. We're all sweating through our nice business clothes. And I mean, I wasn't, I was had sweat through all my business clothes. I was down to my travel gear, which is why I don't look super cute in the video, but who flipping cares? So we're doing this choreography and we're adding shit in. I put in flossing just for Dylan and we all sucked at it. And it was great because we all made fun of ourselves. Part of it. We're like, oh my gosh, what is this flossing stuff? It's too fast. Um, and then we went down. We're like, okay, that's it. We are only going to practice for a half hour. We're going to go down and do it. We went down to the waterfront. My publisher, Angela, her name was Angela, came down too. And she's like, I want to be part of this. I always wanted to be part of a flash mob. Um, and... We decide we're so we're doing it to uptown funk. Only I have only have that a little bow speaker which can't drown out the fountains. My friend Denise, um, who wrote Small Town Divorce, it's a fabulous book if you're trying to get through a divorce in a small town and all that drama. Uh, she's like, I'm gonna go talk to the bar. There's two outside bars. She goes up to one of them and she convinces the manager there to switch on their sound system to play our music. No, how does she how does she do this? She's a Canadian woman with like, tenacity. She she walks in, she goes to like to somebody and says, I want to talk to your manager. Yeah, well, she goes up there and she goes, hey, and I was behind her. She's like, hey, um, can we hook up to your system and play? No, we just have uh, Pandora. So, you know, that you can't pick a song. And I'm like that. We, there's got to be another way. We got to ask somebody else. And we she's only like, have Pandora. This is a box. And the only thing this box can do is play Pandora. I'm like, is there not an Ogs in? 
Do you, what is going on here? And she, was, she asked to talk to the manager. She's like, I got this, sweetie. I'm like, okay, I can, I'm, I'm counting on you. And she gestures from way across the courtyard. I fucking got it, 10 minutes. <laughs> and she, she got it because she told them that we'd come back and buy, we'd, all 20 of us would buy a beer afterwards. And in, in the end, we stayed all night long so drinking totally beer and eating seafood there. So it was great. That's awesome. But you can't hear it. So when you're listening to the audio... It, their audio system was, in fact, too weak to really get the sound out. But we were on point for most of it. And it looks great. Yeah, you got video of it. That's good. That's us going, woo! That's, I mean, yeah. That's what you look like to everybody around you. People were really excited. There were some, some drunk people there who were really admired us. And that's all we want in life. That's true. And a good time, right? We had a great time. Yeah. I had several people tell me, thank you, that they would have never done that on their own. And these are all women, uh, mostly women, who were, you know, like, this is the first time really standing up and going, I want to contribute in a huge way. It's a really scary thing to write a book, by the way, because you have to deal with your, um, the imposter syndrome. Mm. Um, and you really got to face it, especially when you're publishing the book and then you're talking about it and then you're launching a business off of it. And all the meanwhile, you're going, I'm just some, you know, schmuck from, you know, Arlington, Washington. What the hell do I know? Well, you know enough. You ha- you it's so you're I'm alongside all of these women who are like really coming to terms that they can be of impact to a broader audience, people that they don't actually know, and that's really emotionally um transformative. So all of these women You're all buddying up now. All buddying up. You're all you're all like uh, bonding over this super bonding yep. and then we get to be super silly and it was absolutely delightful sounds like a uh, bite bitten would be in for a uh, flash mob of uh, waterworks are involved what'd you have in mind bite yeah uh, it's been a few years now uh, nearby here and uh, i've gone all tactical uh, last time now you uh, like uh, what do like uh, what squirt guns or what are you talking about yeah, uh, last time I went with the Nerf, uh, Nerf gu- guns with the changeable water max and with my tactical airsoft helmet and tactical airsoft vest and uh, yeah, just running and <laughs> spraying everywhere. There's a whole squ- square where everyone <laughs> that sounds is, great. started rushing into the squares. All kiddie pools came out, uh, all the hoses got connected, all the kiddie pools got filled up and everyone started filling, 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 filling. And then everyone started spraying around. <laughs> Do we have video oh, of this? I want to see this. I can send a link uh, off a Facebook page. Yes. Really? I'm in, a, I'm in a phase right now where I get really, really into these, um, uh, like uh, these art, what do you call it? Like these victories that people have on these shows, like these competition shows where they, like, I could be watching, I could be watching guys' grocery games and I get, I start getting emotionally choked up when like the people are winning on guys' grocery games. Like I, like I can't, like I, there's something about the perseverance and a challenge and then somebody winning, like it gets me every single time. And now I'm all sucked in a millionaire. I'd be up there bawling. Oh God, you're going to do it. Oh, that's what I'd be like. Now it's time for us to play our own. Who wants to be a millionaire right now? We're playing for Zen and Tommy. Angela's playing for Zen. Wes playing for Tommy. Zen just happened to show up accidentally. And Tommy's been here all day waiting for the Friday stream. Seems like a pretty appropriate match. And uh, Cheesy, what are they playing for? They are playing for their choice of Psychonauts or Rocket League. On Steam. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. So, uh, Ange, you are up first. The goal is to try to get as much money as you can. And then when you stop, that'll be your final goal. And then it'll be Wes's goal to try to beat that. Um, and whoever walks away with the most money is the wiener. And Ange is up first. All right, Ange. According to the saying, what does absent absence make the heart do. Grow fonder. The heart. Final answer. Ooh. All right. We're going in. There we go. You are correct. You just won $100. Woo-hoo! All right. Moving on now to $200. What animal is the symbol for the Playboy magazine? A monkey. A bunny. Final answer. Alleg- All right. Bunny it is. I feel like that guy from Federal Way. I know. You're killing it. All right, now for $300, 
What word associates a spider with the internet? Blood, venom, legs, or web? Web. <laughs> Final answer. All right. Final answer. You are correct. Do these get harder? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they start to. Okay, good. For $500, what are fi- what are fireflies looking for when they flash their lightened abdomens <laughs> at night? Home, a mate, food, or to get caught? Why are fireflies flashing their abdomens at night? To find their way home, to find a mate, to find food, or to get caught? To mate. All right. Final answer. Final answer. All right. You are correct. Woohoo! All right, so if you get this question correct, you will lock in $1,000. What color is the top half of a Campbell's soup can label? Blue, red, white, or gold? The top half of a Campbell's soup can label. Blue, red, white, or gold? I know that it's red and white. And in my brain, red is on top. Final answer. All right, red, final answer. You are correct. Good job. I honestly wasn't sure on that one. All right. What is the state bird of Connecticut for $2,000? A chickadee, a mockingbird, a robin, or a cardinal? A chickadee, a mockingbird, a robin, or a cardinal for the state bird of Connecticut. You do have... Hold on. Before you answer, you do have three lifelines... Uh, I don't know how the phone a friend would work in this situation, but you do have, we can rem- we can do 50-50 removal, and you can ask the chat room. Or what about, like, phone a cheesy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, all right. <laughs> we could phone a cheesy. That's, yeah, okay, so you have three lifelines, Ange. Okay, can you re- uh, restate the answers, the potential answers? Uh, chickadee, mockingbird, robin, or cardinal. Now, chat room, don't answer until she goes to you. She has to choose that as a lifeline. Chat room, don't give any hints. I think I'm going to try my luck with robin. All right, Robin, it is. Final answer? Final answer. Mm-hmm. You are correct. <laughs> nice. Although, now I've got Mockingbird stuck in my head. Mockingbird. <laughs> now you're playing for $4,000. If you don't get this question right, though, you have locked in $1,000. But for $4,000, what color is Grover from Sesame Street? Orange, green, blue, or yellow? Grover. Oh, man, I think it's blue. Uh, you could do green too. Oh my god! Let me think. Grover, Grover. I hated Sesame Street. Yeah. <laughs> no, Oscar the Grouch is green, so Grover has to be blue. Final answer. Okay, final. You are correct. So I locked in four thousand. Actually, no. You don't lock in the next until thirty-two thousand, but you are at eight thousand now. Oh wow! So you are two positions away from locking in thirty-two thousand. Right now, you have earned 4000 The next question will get you 8000 Which of these cats are now extinct? A puma, a benagle tiger, benagle? B-N- Bangle. G-A, bangle tiger. Uh, a lynx? Or a, uh, Tysalin? <laughs> Probably the one that you can't pronounce. <laughs> Tysalin? T-H-Y-L-I-C-I-N. And reminder, you do have those three lifelines. So, I'm thinking it's either the lynx or that one. Um, I'd like to phone a cheese. All right, we will use the phone a cheese lifeline here. Cheese, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which of these cats are extinct? A puma, a benagle tiger, a lynx, or a tysiclin? <laughs> you have 20 seconds to answer. Say the answers one more time. Puma, a benagle tiger, a lynx, or a thysalin? Thysalin? Is that your answer? That's my answer. All right. That's also what the system suggests, that your answer is D, but you are unsure. So uh, that's what the system recommended, and that's what Cheesy recommended. Ange, do you want to go with D, or would you like to go with something else? Okay. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go with that. I've never heard of it. Final answer? Yeah. Final answer. You are correct. All right. You have two lifelines left. You are now at $16,000. If you get to 32, you will lock that in. How many people went on to Noah's Ark? Two, four, six, or eight? Noah's Ark, how many? Two, four, six, or eight? Wow, I do not have a background in arcing. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, my initial thought would be two, but I honestly... Wow. But two isn't enough to sustain a population, except that there were only one of each animal brought, so it would be logical that one of each human would be brought. Uh... What are my uh, like audience options or uh, help? We can we can pull the chat room and then they can give you their option and then you have to pick from what you seem what seems to be the most common answer. Okay, let's ask the chat room. IRC, let Angela know what you think. How many people went on Noah's Ark? Two, four, six, or eight? Leave your vote in the chat room. Two, four, six, or eight? The votes are coming in right now. I gotta be honest with you, it's pretty split, Ange. This is not good for you. All right, I'm seeing a lot of six, and I'm seeing eight from Wes. I said two. Jill says six. Cheese is saying two. Oh, interesting thought, Cheese. Too young, too medium, too old. Hmm. What about two babies, too? Ange, I can tell you this. The computer is saying that by its tally, 50% chance it's A, two, 45% chance it's D, and nobody voted for four or six. Yeah, actually, um, eight is coming up a lot. I'm going to go with eight. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Eight, final answer? Yeah. In suspense. Okay. You got it. Good job. Good job. Thanks for not letting me down, chat room. One lifeline left. If you get this right, you will have locked in $32,000... What planet does Star Trek's Mr. Spock come from? Vulcan, Romulus, Veneza, or Neptune? Wow, this is an ultimate fail. Can I uh, phone Chris? You can do a 50, you have one lifeline, you can do 50-50. Okay, what, what were the four answers or options again? What planet does Mr. Spock come from? Vulcan, Romulus, Venezuela, or Neptune? Venezuela? <laughs> so it's not that. <laughs> He's got to be Vulcan. It's been so long since I've had to uh, watch Star Trek, you know, because you haven't <laughs> lived here for so long. That, But yeah, he, he, I'm pretty sure he's definitely Vulcan. Final answer. Hey, final answer. Submitting. You are correct. Oh, yeah. 32,000. Take that, Wes. <laughs> Nicely done. You are safe. No matter what you do now, you will walk away with $32,000. How old was Edmund Hillary when he climbed Mount Everest? 24? 34, 54, or 74? I was hoping 42 would be one of the answers. Um, gosh, my gut instinct says 74, but um, but I feel like when, when it was reported somebody climbed Mount Everest, I feel like they were younger than that. You do have one lifeline left. The 50-50? Let's do 50-50. You now have uh, two left, 34 and 54. Ah, okay. So I'm, uh, I'm going to go with 54. All right, final answer? Final answer. Mm-hmm. Locking it in. Oh! I am sorry, Angela. <gasps> Nuh-uh! The correct answer was 34. You are uh. you are walking away, though, with $32,000, which is going to be Woo-hoo. damn hard for Wes to beat. Yeah, well, wow. Dang, Good luck, Wes. Wes. All right, Wes, how are you feeling about that? I'm impressed with the competition. All right, you, are, <laughs> you, uh, are you ready to start? You want to uh, get started? Yeah, let's do it. It's nice to get your losses over with quickly, you know? Who was the Lone Ranger's companion? Cato, Tonto, Greenamo, or Robin? Let's go with Tonto. Final answer? Final answer. You are right, sir. All right, here we go. Moving on to $200 now, Wes. If a woman is going to have a baby, she is said to be what? On vacation... Doing her taxes, <laughs> pregnant, or fat? Well, I, I really want to say fat, but I'm going to go with pregnant. Final answer? Final answer. Wow. You are correct, sir. All right. How many digits are in a standard U.S. postal zip for code? Four, seven, nine, or 12 for $300? Nine. Final answer? Final answer. You are correct. They tried to throw you with the zip four thing there. Right, yeah. Good catch, Wes. Yeah, they did. Who says that? Nobody. Nobody says that. Now, Wes, for $500, (laughs) what season did the Queen of Hearts bake some tarts? Spring, winter, fall, or summer? 
Ooh, ooh. Um, I'm gonna go with summer. That seems like a great tart season. Final? Final answer. You are correct, sir. Good job. Nice, nice logic. All right, Wes, you get this next one right, and you will lock in $1,000. What is a Molotov cocktail? A drink? A Russian chicken? An appetizer? Or a grenade? Grenade. Final answer. You got it, sir. You got it. Correct. Don't try to drink that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now, for $2,000, what rare fungi are found by snuffling dogs and pigs? Muffles, huffles, ruffles, or truffles? Oh, those are great options. Uh, Truffles, final answer. All right, here we go. You are correct now. Okay, Wes, now for two, no, I'm sorry, $4,000, what state is Davy Crockett National Forest found in? Montana, Texas, New Mexico, or Arkansas? The Davy Crockett National Forest. That sounds like a Texas thing to me. You want to do that? Final answer? Yeah, final answer. You are correct. For $8,000, what is the second letter of the Greek alphabet? Alpha, Sigma, Omega, or Beta? Beta, final answer. Locking it in. You are correct. Woohoo! All right, Wes, for $16,000, what year did the drummer of Def Leppard lose his arm? 1984, 1985, 1986, or 1987? I'll remind you, you do have three lifelines. You, boy, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a cheesy on this one. All right, stand by, calling up a cheesy. Uh, Mr. Bacon, we are curious if you're there. Hello, cheesy. Hello, Hello. Cheesy. Uh, Hello. Cheesy, what year did the drummer of Def Leppard lose his arm? 1984, 1985, or 1986, or 1987? That would be 1986. Okay. Are you sure about that? I'm positive. I gotta go with I, I, what am I gonna not trust G's after I called on him? That's ridiculous. Let's go with his answer, 1986. All right, locking it in. Oh no, Wes! No! Oh no! Oh no! I am sorry to say it was 1984. Ah, oh, devastating. Oh. You were walking away with only a hundred dollars, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a poor pittance. How is it only a hundred? Didn't he get like that was for sixteen? Didn't he get the thousand? Uh, he should be. Oh no, a thousand. Oh yeah, no, you're okay. right. No, it's a thousand. Okay, okay yeah, good. good. Wow, keeping all yeah. the money for yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a studio fee. Molotov cocktails are on me tonight, guys. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, that was fun. See, so um, uh, so Zeno, Zen, you won, and uh, Cheesy will be getting with you for your prize. Um, all right. Now, I think uh, before we get out of here, we need to solve some of society's problems. So if everybody is feeling up to it, uh, we need to solve some problems for all of society and uh, our future generations. Because, of course, we are all facing a great threat. One that will deceive us. One that will lie. One that will cause us to do great harm. And, of course, obviously, I'm talking about deep fakes. A deep fake video can put words in the mouths of people who never said them, literally. And one of Mark Zuckerberg was posted to Instagram. KPIX5's Kid Doe tells us why the Facebook-owned site is leaving it up for now. Now, uh, Hadi, are you hip to the deep fakes? Do you know what this is? No, I do not. That's, uh, it's um, some pretty intense technology that can take um, video of an individual, um, a celebrity, uh, you know, as long as you have a good source material, and it can generate a fake video. So you'll have, like, in this case, it's Mark Zuckerberg uh, giving a fake press conference, um, but there are also some dirty ones, like Natalie Portman doing things. and th- You know, they can use uh, computer graphics now to essentially computer-generate, based on real images of people, completely fake scenes like there's been like a fake barack obama giving a fake speech um so this is the latest one and it got some attention and it's mark zuckerberg uh like he's in like a tv news interview so in this deep fake video it's obviously a voice impersonator of mark zuckerberg but the video itself i gotta say looks pretty good imagine this for a second one man 
with total control of billions of people's stolen data. As deepfakes go, this one is fairly high quality. It looks exactly like Mark. The only flaw is it doesn't sound like Mark. Mannerisms, blinking, hand gestures are all smooth and realistic, and any stitched layers look well blended and seamless. It is the brainchild of two artists, Bill Posters and Daniel Howe, made in partnership with an advertising company. And it comes nearly three weeks after another infamous fake video. So it's really sad. Here's the thing. Of Nancy Pelosi with the speed slowed down to make her sound drunk. The original version posted by a conservative Facebook page was viewed millions of times before it was deleted. At the time, Facebook said they... I think it's interesting that when it's uh, of Nancy Pelosi, that's bad. But when it's of Mark Zuckerberg and it's a deepfake, it's art. Um, but it it plays a, a, bigger, a bigger issue that I see here is that imagine a world, Wes, where you can get the next GPU and you can deepfake a video of anybody. We're going to have YouTube channels that are, that are hosted by fake celebrities. Like, this is going to be... In the next year or two, I think a huge, huge issue. Do you think I'm think I'm getting a little carried away? It's good that we're talking about it now, certainly. It's gonna be interesting to watch the arms race, right? As as the fake technology gets better, there are other researchers working on technology to try to spot the fake. So I imagine that's gonna be much like ad blocking tech, kind of going back and forth where we'll see where we land. Hmm. Like, like you could have like a YouTube banner that comes up and says, uh, a deep fake video has been detected. We have reason to believe this is not a genuine video of this person. Yeah, exactly. Or you may need to, you know, be cautious trusting this video, which I mean, you should do for any video you watch on YouTube. So it, it does. I mean, I, I think most of the things that we need are in place structures, right? Either you trust the, the journalists and the organization at the thing that you're reading that's producing this stuff, or you or you're just watching unsourced content, and already then, regardless of if it's really good or not, you shouldn't be trusting it. So this will probably take effect primarily at the edges. It is impressive how good it's getting. There's still little flaws you can often find, but if you just want to have a, a virtual host for a show, it's, it's already there. Yeah, and you know when you use characters like Mark Zuckerberg, who already kind of look a little off, <laughs> it's even harder to tell. And I guess, Ange, um, I think Wes's argument holds up for adults, but I guess I kind of think about maybe kids watching online video. Let's, you know, YouTube or not. How, how are they to discern if there's a, a video of an authority figure or somebody that's saying something that's completely false? Like, it seems almost impossible for them. Right. Well, and, you know, Dylan was recently tested for his memory and it is like so ridiculously high. So he retains what he sees. So that that very, very well could be problematic. But the way the way I was taking it is... It'd be really great to see Elvis endorse iPhone in a commercial. Oh, of course. And all these celebrities that want to participate but have too busy of a schedule, oh, just deepfake it. Well, they'll license it, right? They'll license it. You know, and so it might be half the cost. There's a whole market there that's going to pop up. And, and it's, it is going to be ridiculous to discern is that real or not as they uh, fix the artifact issues. Hmm. I got to be honest, if I could have a deep fake video of Patrick Stewart that was like, hello, and welcome to Chris LAS, I think I would pay for that. Yeah. I think I would consider that. Absolutely. What about you, Cheesy? Would you pay for a celebrity deep fake if it was legit and endorsed by them, like licensed by them? I mean, maybe. I, I think Ange is really onto something. Like, that's the first thing, whenever you brought this up, that's the first thing I thought it was like licensing your image for reuse and marketing, like... Yeah, I don't want to go to that shot, you know, that film shoot. So just deep fake me, bro. Oh, there's a shirt idea. Would I pay? I don't know. I don't. I don't know that I would. Uh, it is going to be interesting to see how this ends up rolling out because you know, with social media and and just how inundated we are, and the old, you know, uh, you can't believe everything that you read. Well, obviously, you can't believe everything that you see either now. So I don't know if it's good or bad. Would I have a celebrity endorse me? Maybe. Could be fun. I don't know what it would be. F Maybe Dr. Reverend? Yeah. Yeah. Which we need to get back to. Hadia, though. Let's go back. Let's bring it back to the people here for a second. Imagine your friends and family on Facebook seeing these fake videos. How is the current generations even, like, equipped to handle this misinformation? Like, it's it's beyond fake news. It's it's fake everything. And you remember, like, if just a few episodes ago, we played fake Joe Rogan, where you could completely generate a Joe Rogan dialogue. You then combine that with a Joe Rogan deepfake. It could be anybody, though. Like, how are regular people going to deal with this? 
especially if you don't even know what a deep fake is. I don't know, but I kind of I'm ironically, although I'm very much an optimist, I think I think we should be distrusting more things. Hmm. I especially video, especially media and uh I don't know, maybe it'll encourage people to just go, "Oh, none of this is real because it isn't real." If it's not affecting me in my real life. <laughs> well, I think Snapchat has gotten us used to that, right? With all those filters. That's true. YouTube is just ruining everything. I have a case in point. See if you can, can you uh, place the song? It's a remix. Anjan Hadia should be able to guess this song. Just saying. No? Here. You don't recognize this? Not yet. All right. If, whoever, if you can guess it before the main drop, then I won't make you have to listen to it. But you have to guess. What Maybe I like it. Maybe I want a flash mob to it. Oh. Gloria Gaynor? Let's see if the chat room can get this. This is, there's a theme to is this. Is it right? Is it Spin Doctors? No, because YouTube ruins everything. Oh, gosh. Baby Shark. <laughs> oh, I hate to say. I saw this for the first time in an Instagram story of a friend. And I walked right into it. I love seeing the little videos of her baby. And I'm like, oh, look, she's watching TV. And then that came on and I'm like, oh. Now they've ruined everything. Uh, they're going live. They're doing a tour. There's going to be a baby shark. What? Yep. Yeah, they're, com- they're coming That's to Seattle. That's already gone on tour. That's why it's viral. We don't need more. Yep, they're going on real tour. They're bringing baby shark to a city near you. Is there a friendly dolphin in there? I don't know. I I don't know. You have to have friendly dolphin or for, for me to be in. Oh, any parents in the audience know our pain on this one. Yeah, except you just made it worse. I didn't do it. You should do Zumba to it, Ange. There you go. Oh, yeah. Actually, I was, because we have so many neighborhood kids, I was thinking that I might try to schedule, like, during my lunch break, um, kids Zumba. Kids Zumba. Yeah, in the backyard. That is great. I know. Kids Zumba with Ange, everybody. With a sprinkler. Yeah, I even have, like, um, tank tops that I had printed that say, move with Ange. Aww. (laughs) Yeah. Wait a I, minute. I feel like we should be blending your Zumba and my flash mob. A tank tops? I want that's a great I want to see a picture of these. Yeah, well I bought it like, you know, a year and a half ago when I was teaching Zumba. Oh man. Well, thank you guys for being here. Um obviously the Friday stream covers extremely important topics like these every single week. Uh cheesy uh, do who, do we have uh, the credits for the music uh, in the show notes? We should do that. We should link up the music in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The music's the music's there will be there in the show notes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, join us live on Fridays because if you can make it live, we sometimes have a little extra. A little extra. Maybe we'll uh, make you one of the contestants to win a free video game in our challenge. That was uh, fun. You can listen to me win. Well, it's one more Friday before we head out of here for Texas, right? Is that right? Do I have my math right on that? I'm bad with dates. That is right. Ooh. Friday stream from Texas next time? It's not time after next, baby? Time after time. Time after time. That'd be fun to try. It's true. You can come hang out with us, jblive.tv. Our IRC room is irc.geekshed.net. Hang out in there. Pound Jupiter Broadcasting. Hashtag number sign Jupiter Broadcasting for that. The network is at Jupiter Signal, where you can follow us for general news and whatnots. Thanks for being here. See you next Friday. Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. Ah, uh, Friday. So I, I guess you didn't grab the um, user error clip for me to do the whole mindfulness meditation bit. Let me see. I will go. Uh, I will go look for it right now. It's like around nineteen minutes or so. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The thoughts on meditation and mindfulness. Oh, look at you! Look at you! Look at you! All right. So I will go play that right there. Right. Thoughts on meditation and mindfulness. Is it the best thing ever and should we all be doing it? Or is it complete fucking bullshit? It sounds super hokey and it totally feels like a waste of time when you're doing it. But I absolutely 100% believe that taking just like a solid one to two minutes to just sit in silence, not say anything is really nice. And then also uh, doing the thing of being like, I'm going to have a really great day today. I believe in myself. I feel very confident that I can accomplish my goals. Like it sounds really dumb, but when you do it, 
you actually feel good. It's like a weird psychological body mind hack thing. Like, it sounds stupid. <laughs> it sounds so dumb. But if you actually try it, it totally works. I have great difficulty with this. I mean, I, I'm willing to believe that sitting down and emptying your mind and getting into a comfortable position just for a few minutes and just stopping thinking about stuff. I can, I can see how that might make me feel better. Um, and I'm pretty confident that when I lay down and I do nothing, uh, I, I tend to fall asleep. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I sometimes do this at my desk. Uh, it's not unheard of for me to just zone out for a bit at my desk and just, yeah, put my head back. I've got quite a comfy chair and I don't think I intentionally try and empty my mind, but I do close my eyes. And that is a good facilitator to emptying my mind. But no, I'm very averse to the, you're an awesome person, Alan, in front of the mirror. No, I, I would not do that. I feel, I feel like there's a hidden camera show in that where people will be recording me and they go, ha, look at this twat in front of the mirror, giving himself self-affirming sentences. What an idiot. Do you actually say that shit to yourself, Dan? I feel like um, if you're feeling really anxious about something or having a really hard time with something like that, that's when for me, it feels helpful where it's like something feels overwhelming or I'm having a lot of trouble with it. And so I'll sit down and say, hey, you know, I got this. I can do this. This isn't that hard. I'm going to break this down into small chunks. And I know that if I do each thing one at a time, that by the end of the day, I'll have accomplished a lot of things. And, and I think that that's a good way to deal with like feelings of being overwhelmed and things like that. But if you don't need it and if it's not helping you, like obviously don't do it. But I think it, I think it's a totally good and valid way to help make you feel better about the things that you have to do. I really appreciate how Dan is able to hold his own, despite the fact that both those guys are giving him full barrel. Um, so I, I think he makes a good point there. And did you have follow up thoughts on that? Uh, yes, I did. I just wanted to say that I, I did a course called The Science of Happiness through the Univers University of Berkeley, California. I'm sorry, the University of California, Berkeley. And um, it just talks about uh, mindfulness. It improves intention. There is, you're less distractible. You're present in the moment. You're more in touch with your emotions. You're resilient. There, there are so many things. It, it physically changes your brain. Um, your neurons get more connected and responsive with meditation, which is called um, interoceptive awareness. There's just so many benefits to meditation and mindfulness. Have you tried using any apps with uh, with meditation? I have not. No, I have only meditated a couple times. I I do do mindfulness a lot, but uh, meditation. When I do it, I tend to interrupt myself out of the thought because a thought randomly comes to me that I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? And uh, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to just let it flow. <laughs> so I'm not good at meditation yet. But I think now is the the trick there, Hadi, would be uh, once you realize you've been distracted by a thought, that's your moment to then get back on track, right? Once you realize like, oh, I've just, that came out of nowhere and I've been thinking about that for 30, 40 seconds. That when you when that next interrupt comes where the realization happens, that's your moment to get back in into the flow of it. I don't know. You're the meditator, so you tell me. Yeah. But. So that's actually so the whole thing about meditation is is not to not be distracted. And of course, there's a million different descriptions for what meditation is. Um, it's not to not be distracted. It's to notice when you're distracted because you can't be the thought that interrupts your your um your zen. You can't both be the thought and be aware of the thought. So you're putting a gap between you and your thoughts. And that's all it takes to start to have power over how your thoughts control your life. You're like, oh, I think this thought about being late and then I feel really anxious. But when you go, oh, look, I'm thinking that thought, you get a just a little bit of cushion. And it's that little bit of cushion that makes you go, ugh. So I meditated, I tried meditation for years and I always fell asleep and I felt horrible about it. So I stopped trying <laughs> because that's what happened. I never let myself be still. So when I was still, I would just fall asleep. And then I just thought, well, maybe I'll just let myself do that. Maybe that's what I need. And then I started doing it this way. And I don't, I, um, Tom Evans on Insight Timer is a great guy from the UK, super low key. And he even tells you it's totally fine to fall asleep. Short, really short 10 minute meditations that make you just feel like, okay, for being shit at it. Um, 
And that's what it taught me. It's like, it's, it's just coming back. It's just going, oh, look, I had a thought. And coming back, oh, look, I had a thought. Coming back, oh, look, I had a thought. Eventually, it slows down. But I will say that at that actual sit down and meditation thing is not for everybody. There's a million different ways to be mindful. Kids don't have to meditate and they can get into that Zen state just by coloring. Like there's a million different ways to do it. But if you want to meditate, if you really want to try meditating, try not to make it something that try and just realize you can't get you can't be wrong at it. And it is something kids are down for doing, too. Oh, yeah. Abby is totally into it, and she, like, raves about it afterwards. And I notice a massive improvement in her mood yes. after meditating. Yes. Like, Dylan can be full-on, like, trolling her and have her super upset, and she'll come out of a meditation and be like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. Doesn't matter. So, Hadia, when you meditate, do you focus on your five senses? Because that's the best way that I've been able to achieve. Oh, that's that's a great way to do it. I don't always. So, I always, I, I usually, I like to play around because, of course, I'm all about novelty. If I do the same thing for too long, then I just stop paying attention to what I'm doing. So, um, there are body scan ones. Um, I like the one where you're breathing and you're paying attention. So, pay attention to your diaphragm moving. Pay attention to the way your shoulders move up and down. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to the feeling of air coming in and out of your nostrils and just alternating between where you're feeling your breath keeps your brain occupied enough. That's what works for me is I, I, I vary between feeling the breath on the tip of my nose to the back of my throat to my chest and just those three things I can sort of cycle through. I dislike the uh, paying attention to breath because like if I pay attention to my um, like blinking or anything like that, then I get like obsessed with those things. I just, I, I hate focusing on things like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. My best ones have, I have had some really crazy cool experiences with doing the um, relaxing your body bit by bit, the body scan ones. Like, I'm like, I completely melt. Conversion in progress.